And I'll tell you guys since we're, since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo, and you're listening to The Grisha Cast. Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 45. In this episode, we are covering chapters 22 and 23 from the book Crooked Kingdom. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry from Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi Savienyi casters. Hello. Hi, girl. Hi. Hi, girl. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, real quickly, for those of you asking how you can help, we would greatly appreciate tips. Your tips will help us to continue to bring you the Grisha cast. You can Venmo a tip to at B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Or cash app Dalasan B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Thank you for those who have tipped us. Thank you so much. It makes us so happy. It warms our little cold hearts. It sure does. So let's thank some listener cities. Ooh. And we're prepared, y'all. We are. We actually read them beforehand. It's amazing. So, first up, we have Alexandria, Virginia. Ooh. And next is Christchurch, New Zealand. I'd Hello love to go there. there. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Right now, man. Mm-hmm. And Caroline Springs, Australia. It is amazing. Thank you all so much Thank out there you. that's listening. And if we hope you heard us list your city. Hope you didn't hear last week's when we butchered your cities, but we appreciate you a lot. <laughs> maybe we'll do those again. Yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> um, so, yeah, first off, um, let's say our hearts go out to the family and friends of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So, yes. And Shana Tova to those Jews out there. We are <laughs> recording on the Erev Rosh Hashanah. Happy but, New Year. Thank you. It officially like it officially starts tonight and then it's the next two days. But because of corona, obviously, we're not going to synagogue. Right. And they've got these cute little um they have a, Jews in Israel, <laughs> rabbis have allowed for shofar masks to make sure the spread of corona doesn't get around. That's so cute. So Jews around the world, I would love to see a shofar with a little mask on it. Yes. That'd be cute. I want to see it too. I've got a shofar at my mom. It, I think it's at my mom and dad's. Or maybe it's at, I don't know where it is. Anyways. <laughs> oh, I know it's at one of our houses. So. Well, that's and, the important part. Yeah. So how are you? How was your week? Um, It went by fast. It went by it very did. fast. Yeah. Um, My boss and I have started saying there's only three days that exist now, today, tomorrow, and yesterday. <laughs> oh. I have no idea what day it is ever or what's happening. Um. So <laughs> I just wake up one morning. I'm like, okay, it's Friday now. Okay. All right. Yeah. And that's about it. I mean, I don't really have <laughs> like weekends free because I, you know, I don't stop doing anything. I don't rest. Um, but it's, uh, it just went by really fast. Yeah. Very strange. We, we played hooky a little bit yesterday and went to the water park to celebrate my youngest's Aww. birthday. I officially have two teenagers. That's so, so cute. Yeah. We played hooky and. I just had some fun yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah. How was um the trip to the cabin? Ooh, it was so good. It was out in the middle of nowhere. There was nobody around um, for miles. <laughs> How was the bed? <laughs> the bed outside. Yes. <laughs> oh, 
Did... They actually had like swinging beds. Yeah. Yeah, it was so cool. It was um there was a little there was some bugs. Oh. So like we didn't open up all the stuff, but um out on the little porchy thing by the river it was really nice. Oh. Um but yeah, it was really cool. We we found a cool little thing of uh questions that I'll have to give you and Chris to mess with sometime. It's mm. just like conversation cards so that you ask questions of your significant other. And it's things that you like you probably never thought to ask. And Aww. yeah, so you get to know each other a little better and it was just fun to sit around and have a little drink and he kicked my butt at Trivial Pursuit and <laughs> Oh. But it was fun. It was nice to get away and literally talk to nobody except for my partner for Absolutely. three days. Well yeah. Just to be able to get away and like have like a mini vacation is just sounds amazing. It's it's important to do those things. <laughs> it really is. So, um, well, I finished this really cool book that I've never been able to finish. Um, it's called All About Me, and it's just this book that asks you all these questions. And that's a huge accomplishment for me because I this was my eighth time in my entire life trying to fill it out. <laughs> um, I started my first one in high school and then just never, ever finished it. Well, I finally sat down, got a, a new book. And decided I was going to actually get through it this time. And I did. Oh, God. I know. It was amazing. If you want to learn about yourself. It's get... actually important for, like, your kids, too. Yeah. But some it's really, like, it gets in there. <laughs> so I don't know if Caden wants to know all that. No. Not even, like, later on. <clears throat> It's more of a book that's, like, for your own personal growth, I mm -hmm. think, because, like, it really, like, asks them, like, deep questions and, like, questions, I don't, I don't know, just hard questions about yourself. But it was cool. It was really neat. I was, it took me on this whole journey, so. Well, good. I know. I'm proud of myself, so I'm tooting my own horn. Toot, toot. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love us. So. We're like characters on Saturday Night Live sometimes. We are. We should. We should also be like cartoon characters. Mm -hmm. We should have someone try to draw us. <laughs> hey, fans out there that watch us on YouTube, draw us as cartoons. Yeah. I'd love to see it. That would be fun. We will definitely debut it. But uh, like a wild extreme version of ourselves. Yeah. That would be fun. I'd probably, <laughs> everybody's going to exaggerate my nose. Because <laughs> you would you? Yeah. I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm going to say like my nose, is it's a bigger nose. Oh, but it's cute. I call it my Junos. But it's cute. And I can say that you guys can't. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to remind people that, I mean, those things, I don't know. Anyways. And I'm the whitest girl that ever existed. You so. are. <laughs> you are from some very white places, girl. Yes, I got uh, I my uh, DNA results like um were updated i guess to like reflect more people that were attached to my family tree and i went to go look at it again and it was just a reminder that i am the whitest girl that ever lived in existence it's literally <laughs> the uk well period the end <laughs> and somehow you ended up in nashville tennessee well if you i don't know if you'd like dive deeper into it it says that i'm connected to the settlers of the lower appalachians um so like west virginia Oh, um, so but, like moonshine. So if you've ever watched the whites of West Virginia, those are my people. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Um, and then um, on the other side of the family, they came over from Scotland and helped um, to 
um, to build the Carolinas. Okay. They actually, in, the brothers actually ended up being senators of North Carolina. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. And I'm just completely white. I don't know. There's, there is absolutely nothing else. It's, it's just the UK. Well. That's it. It's important <laughs> to know where we come from. <laughs> I always stay truly like white. I don't like to be out in the sun because it's not good for your skin. So <laughs> I like, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see I'm very pasty and I stay like this all year. And I'm fine because I care about my skin. Well, somewhere down the line, we do know we have a Native American, one Native American. There's a story one. that's always been told. Um, oh. So we know that that's in there, um, but there's not enough Native American DNA to pull from to can it compare it to. Okay. Um, so a lot of that doesn't show up when you're really white. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we do know it's there, and it's very obvious in some of the family members because they're a lot darker and darker hair, um, darker green eyes than the rest of us that have, like, the blue eyes. And um, it can account for my weird skin tone because I'm very pale, but I also have a very, like, deep gold, like, undertone. Yeah. So you do. I have very weird – I have very strange coloring. <laughs> hey, but it makes you you. It's it pretty. Does. I it's think it's unique. beautiful. Thanks. So, Okay. Surprise. We're going to, so we're going to do a little new thing. It's going to actually really take place more like when we start, we're going to have guests on here soon and we're really excited about it. And so one thing that I loved was when Lee Bardugo put out this, like, I guess it was like a competition that it was for some, she was fundraising money for something. I can't remember what it was specifically, but if you donated the most, then you won, and she would put your name in King of Scars 2, but she would Grishify it. And that was amazing to me because I was just like, that is so cool. And I constantly like then started thinking, well, what would my name be? And anyways, I um, really thought about it. And one thing is you can either change your name completely or you can stick with your name and just make the spelling Grishaverse or Grishified. Grishified. So um, anyways, just want to share mine. Um, I've come up with, it's going to be Eric. Amazing. But the spelling <laughs> is E-R-Y-K. And um, so I think that's kind of cool. But the official name is Eric, the eternal, eclectic, electric, ethereal Kai. I know, and I think it'd be really fun to come up with one for you, and then Ooh. also when we've got our guests on, yeah. they can have one too. It'd be just kind of another neat way to like Grishafy our Grisha cast <laughs> more. So Grishafy, and it's a fun little thing. So Terry, do you think you want to stay with your name Terry, or do you want to change it? I think I do want to stay with my name. Yeah, it's kind of cool when you do because then you just change the spelling. Yeah, because it's it's very it's it's defined who I am because it's a very boy name and it's defined who I have been growing up. So I would like to keep that. Okay, so <laughs> there's different ways to. So let me real quickly tell you that we did Chris, our producers, and I'll say his so that might give you more ideas about like spelling. So. You got mine, which is E R Y K, and then Chris is Q R I S. Love it! <laughs> I came up with that. And I thought it was amazing. Um, quiz, yeah, quiz, quiz. 
Um, so his is Chris, the quirky, quint- quintessential quacking queen. Quintuplet. So fun. Quintuplet. Ooh. <laughs> but right. we laughed so hard when we came up with that one because he is the total opposite is, of a queen. He is not a so, queen at all, period. It's, that's why it's so funny. So <laughs> um, have any ideas about spelling your name? Um. Well... I know that you are a huge fan of fairies. Yes, and especially their original spelling. Yeah, that's the only spelling. I'm sorry. Thank that is you. the only spelling that is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <gasps> Oh, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, because Terry and fairy rhyme. Yeah. So let's just take the F off and put a T in front of there. Yes, that is so perfect. It's very pretty. It's also actually kind of Scandinavian-ish, Norwegian-ish. Yeah, well, there's so many different parts to the Grisha verse. So, I mean, it you've got to remember, like, there's different, like. So, it's like kind of Fjordan or. Yeah, it would be Fjordan, I bet. Or, if it's if you're trying yeah. to go for Scandinavia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my ancestors are Norwegian, so. Well, that's amazing. Okay. So, Perfect. Okay. So, real quickly, then we've got to think of some adjectives. I've got some. Um, for you that I came up with that are adjectives that start with T, terrible, tantalizing, tenacious, tasty, twisty, treble, tart. Um, so. Well, I am tasty. You are. <laughs> How about. And I am twisty. I say all the time that I'm dark and twisty. Yes. Okay. So let's. I got an idea. Let's do this. Terry, the twisty, tasty tart of a troublemaker. Oh, that's perfect. That's me. So we are now officially known as (laughs) Eric and Terry. Yay! But our names are spelled differently if you're watching us on YouTube. Yes, if you're watching us on YouTube, our names just magically change. They didn't magically change. Our lovely, wonderful producer did that because he's awesome. But it changed on the screen. Yeah. And if if you happen to come on as a guest... Start thinking of yours. It'll be cool. But yeah, we really are starting that soon. So <laughs> I I thought it'd be fun for us to just come up with them. But that I think it, it'd be cool for our guests to come on and be able to like have that experience. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we're not going to go by like, I mean, the long name, but we have <laughs> the long ones just in case. Makes it fun. So it fun. Um, anyways, yeah, we're officially known as Eric and Terry still. So we just spelled it differently. It's official. It is official. So let's just dive on in. Let's do it. Okay. So chapter 18 is Nina, which I don't think I've ever covered a Nina chapter. You mean chapter 22? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I put it. Yeah, you're right. 22. Sorry. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. I just put it I wrong. I had a slight moment of panic. Yeah, no, we're not that far back. I'm I sorry. Was like, no, I have already done that. That was last week, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, because yes. we did 18, 19, 18, 19 20. 20, 20, 20. I see what long. I did. I'm sorry. I, I took the header and I didn't change the number. Gotcha. Okay. Anyways. I'm, I'm back. My breathing has slowed. Yes. Well, thank you for <laughs> mentioning that. Um, I'm sure like our listeners were like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> Terry, is, Terry and Chris are the two people that can actually ground me. Um, I go off on these crazy tangents. I am just one of those people. 
I bet Chris is very happy and proud to be married to me sometimes, but I make life interesting. So thank God for them because me by myself, who knows what I'd be talking about. (laughs) Anyways, uh, let's do this. So chapter 22, Nina. And as I said, I don't think I've ever done a Nina chapter. Hmm. Um, So it was kind of cool. Nina is watching as Inej climbs from silo to silo. When she walks the tightrope, it looks like she's walking on air because she is so far up. So Nina's on the ground, um, and we knew that from the last chapter. We just didn't know exactly really what was going on. So Nina's watching from down below, and Nina is also watching the guards in the guardhouse. And out of nowhere, there comes this, like, crazy laughter. And Nina and the guards both look toward, toward the noise. And have to figure out what this is. So here's a quote. Uh, Nina knew a crew of barrel thugs when she saw one. And this seemed like a nasty lot. All of them large, thickly muscled, and heavily armed. Most of them had guns, a sure sign they were looking for more than a scuffle. The one in the lead wore a checked waistcoat across his broad chest and was swinging a chain in his hands. On his forearm, Nina could see a circular tattoo. She couldn't make out the details from this distance, but she would have bet good money that it was a lion curled into a crown. The Dime Lions. Pekka Rollins, boys? What the hell were they doing here? End quote. So, yeah. The Dime Lions are everywhere. And we know this because of the chapters we Mm -hmm. read before, but everybody hasn't been filled in yet. So she wonders what they're doing there, and then the guy in the lead with the checkered waistcoat shouts out, heard um, heard there was a heart renderer in Sweet Reef. So that comes to my next quote from Nina. Oh, saints, that's bad. Had the dime lines followed her in a neige from Black Veil? Vale? Were the others in trouble? And what if Pekka Rollins and his gang knew about the Grisha at the embassy? Some of them were violating their indentures by trying to leave the city. They could be blackmailed or worse. Pekka could sell them to the shoe. You have your own tr- problems right now, Zenik, said a voice in her head. Stop worrying about saving the world and save your own. Eep. Sometimes her inner voice could be very wise, end quote. Like that I beeped. <laughs> I do. Well, we want to keep this show PC. NPG. NPG, because definitely we did it in the beginning. And <laughs> I think we lost listeners then. So sorry I was so vocal. So vulgar. So we're trying to keep it kid-friendly so you can listen while your kids are in You the... don't have to hide your kids or hide your wife. Yeah, because I know. Anyways. So... <laughs> Then Nina sees the Dime Lions hand the guards a paper with a red seal on it. They read it and turn off the reinforcement light and unlock the gate. Nina starts to think about whether Van Eck and Pekka Rollins are working together. Everyone in all our missions seems to be coming upon the same conclusion. The Dime Lions start making threats about trying to find her. She thinks... Here's a quote. Nina figured she had two advantages. First, the shackle at the end of the chain meant Pekka probably wanted her alive. He wouldn't want to sacrifice a valuable Grisha heart render, so they wouldn't shoot. Second, this assembly of geniuses didn't know the Parm had disrupted her powers. She might be able to buy herself in a neige some time. End quote. 
Nina steps out from behind the silos and walks toward the Dime Lions. She learns the leader's name is Iman. She tries flirting with him a little bit, but it doesn't really work too well. And Iman tells her that Kaz is most likely dead, and they begin to close in on her. And here's the quote. Iman, you do know that before you clap me in those chains, I could turn half these gents' internal organs to goo. You're not fast enough. I'm fast enough to make sure you never, her eyes gave a meaningful slide below his belt buckle, raise a flag on West Stave again. Now, Iman paled. You can't do that, Nina cracked her knuckles. Can't I? End quote. Love that. It's all about, like, just the, like... <laughs> I don't know. It's so cool. I love Nina. So a noise from above happens and all of them look up and Nina is terrified because she sees someone in a white suit chasing a Nege on the wire. Crazy pants. It's crazy pants. It's crazy pants again. Well, not again because it's the same scene, yeah. but just seen through someone <laughs> else's eyes. So she's she sees a shard of metal or something sparkle and then a Nege jerk. But Inej easily balances herself again. Nina tries to use her powers to stop Crazy Pants, but she can't because she doesn't have those powers anymore. She just really was hoping she could. Dime Lions close in on Nina, and as she tries reaching out to use something to help her and Inej, they grab her and pull her toward Iman, but at that moment, here's the quote, then she felt it there in that black desert a pocket of cold so deep it burned. There, past the silos, in the wedge of the canal, on the way to the harbor, the sick boat, piled high with bodies. A throb of recognition pulsed through her. She didn't sense heartbeats or blood flow, but she could feel something else, something other. She thought of the bone shards, remembered the comfort she'd felt on Black Vale, surrounded by graves, end quote. They continued to subdue her, and now this is an amazing because we get a glimpse into nina's power and as she's experiencing it so here's the quote she felt a hand in her hair her head wrenched back to expose her neck nina knew what she was thinking was madness but she was out of the sane choices with all her remaining strength she kicked hard at iman gripping um, breaking his grip she threw her arms out in a wide arc Focusing this strange new awareness, and she felt the bodies on the barge rise. She clenched her fist. Come to me. The dime lion seized her wrists. Iman struck her across the mouth, but she kept her fist clenched, her mind focused. This wasn't the exhilaration she felt on Parem. That had been heat, fire, light. This was a cold flame, one that burned low and blue. She felt the corpses rise, one after another, answering her call. Nina was conscious of hands on her, chains being lashed around her wrists, but the cold was deeper now. A fast-flowing winter river, black rapids jagged with broken ice. Nina heard screaming, the rattle of gunfire, and then the twist of metal. The hands on her loosened, and the chains hit the cobblestones with an almost musical jangle. Nina drew her arms toward her, plunging further into the cold of the river. "'What the hell?' said Iman, turning toward the guardhouse." What the hell? The Dime Lions were backing up now, mission forgotten, terror on their faces, and Nina could see exactly why. A line of people were pushing on the fence, 
rocking it on its posts. Some were old, some young, but all of them were beautiful, cheeks flushed, lips rosy, hair bright with shine, and moving in waves around their faces with the gentle sway of something that grew underwater. They were lovely and they were horrible, because while some of them bore no signs of injury, one had brown blood and vomit splashed all over her dress, another bore a puncture wound gone black with decay, Two were naked, and one had a deep, wide gash across her stomach, the plump pink skin falling forward in a flap. All of their eyes shone black, the glassy slate of winter water. End quote. I just think that's so cool. <laughs> <clears throat> She's bringing the dead kind of back to life. Yeah, like yeah. her power is just so... She's got this new power that we haven't read about. Yep. And it's just neat to see it because now, like, we're kind of connecting the dots. I mean, that she was able to do the bone shards mm-hmm. because they were bone shards. So she's, like, I don't know, becoming this Grisha of death. death? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so Nina keeps using her powers and has the corpses break through the fence. The dime lions shoot at them, but nothing stops them because they're not alive. She looks up and sees Crazy Pants going to unhitch the wire that Inej is on. So that's right where we stopped in Inej's scene. Mm-hmm. So Nina uses her powers and gets the corpses to run with a net to catch her. And they luckily catch her, and Nina runs to greet Inej. Crazy Pants follows her, and then... When she sees the group of corpses, she tells Inej she will see her again, peace out, <laughs> and runs in the same direction that all the dime lions went and disappear into the darkness. So, yeah, we kind of got, like, walking dead-ish. Yes. They're but, beautiful zombies. Yeah. It's just so interesting. That she can control. Yeah. So, this brings us to our first scene. And it actually is going to end out this chapter. So what a great way to end the chapter. Um, (laughs) Before we start, a special thank you for the background music created by Kendra Dantes and produced by Year 26. And I will be playing Nina because I've never played her before. And I wanted to play her. I'm sorry. I always give that to Terry. But I wanted one chance. You can do your thing. Okay. And Terry, you're going to be playing a Nej. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we are ready to go. Show um, curtain up. Someone likes drama, Nina said. I mean, really, who wears white to a knife fight? Dunyasha, the white blade of something or other. She really wants to kill me. Possibly everyone. Can you walk? Inej nodded, though her face looked ashen. Nina, are these people... are they dead? When you put it that way, it sounds creepy. But you didn't use... No, no parem. I I don't know what this is. And Grisha... I don't know. Now that the fear of the ambush and Inej fall were abating, she felt a kind of disgust. What had she just done? What had she tampered with? Nina remembered asking one of her teachers at the little palace where Grisha power came from, 
She'd been little more than a child then, awed by the older Grisha who came and went from the palace grounds on important missions. Our power connects us to life in ways ordinary people can never understand, her teacher had said. That's why using our gift makes us stronger instead of depleting us. We are tied to the power of creation itself, the making at the heart of the world. For Corporalkai, that bond is woven even tighter because we deal in life and the taking of it. The teacher had raised his hands and Nina felt her pulse slow just slightly. The other students had released released gasped and looked around at one another, all of them experiencing the same thing. Do you feel that? The teacher asked. All of your hearts, beating in shared time, bound to the rhythm of the world? It had been the strangest sensation, the feeling of her body dissolving as if they were not many students wiggling in their classroom chairs, but one creature with a single heart, a single purpose. It had lasted only moments, but she'd never forgotten that sense of connection, the sudden understanding that her power would mean she was never alone. But the power she'd used tonight, it was nothing like that. It was a product of Parem, not the making at the heart of the world. It was a mistake. There would be time to worry later. We need to get out of here, Nina said. She helped Inej to her feet, then looked at the bodies surrounding them. Saints, they smell awful. Nina, what if they can hear you? Can you hear me? She asked. But the corpses did not respond. And when she reached out to them with her power, they didn't feel alive. There was something here, though. Something that spoke to her in a way the living no longer could. She thought again of the icy river. She could still feel it around her, around everything. But now it moved in slow... Edith. What are you going to do with them? asked Inej. Nina gave a helpless shrug. Put them back where they were, I suppose. She raised her hands. Go, she told them as clearly as she could. Be at rest. They moved again and a sudden flurry that brought a prayer to Inej's lips. Nina watched them fade, dim shapes in the dark. Inej gave a slight shudder, then plucked a spiked silver star from her shoulder and let it drop to the ground with a loud plink. The bleeding seemed to have slowed, but she definitely needed bandages. Let's go before the Stodwatch show up, she said. Where? Nina asked as they set out for the canal. If Pekka Rollins found us... Inej's steps slowed as reality set in. If Black Veil is compromised, Kaz... Kaz told me where to go if things went sour, but... The words hung in the air between them. Pekka Rollins entering the field meant much more than a foiled plan. What if Black Veil was blown? What if something had happened to Matthias? Would Pekka Rollins spare his life or simply shoot first and claim his bounty? The Grisha. What if Pekka had followed Jesper and Matthias to the embassy? What if they'd set out for the docks with the refugees and been captured? Again, she thought of the yellow pill in her pocket. She thought of Tamar's ferocious golden eyes, Zoya's imperious gaze, Jenya's teasing laugh. They had trusted her. If something had happened to them, she would never forgive herself. As Nina and Inej traced their steps back to the quay where their boat was moored, she spared one glance at the barge where the last of the corpses was laying down, shifting into place. They looked different now, their color returning to the ashy gray and mottled white that she associated with death. But maybe death wasn't just one thing. Where do we go? Nina asked. At that moment, they saw two fig- 
figures racing toward them. Inej reached for her knives. And Nina raised her arms, prepared to call her strange soldiers once more. She knew it would be easier this time. Kaz and Wylan appeared in the light from a street lamp. Their clothes rumpled, their hair covered in bits of plaster, and what might have been gravy. Kaz was leaning heavily on his cane, his pace unrelenting, the sharp features of his face set in determined lines. We'll fight our way out together, Inej whispered. Nina glanced from Inej to Kaz and saw they both wore the same expression. Nina knew that look. It came after the shipwreck. When the tide moved against you and the sky had gone dark, it was the first sight of land, the hope of shelter and even salvation that might await you on a distant shore. End scene. End chapter. That was so good. I just loved it. (laughs) Fun scene. Lots of stuff going on. Fun scene. All right. Okay. So now we're at chapter 23, which follows little Mr. Wyland. Not 18. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wyland. No, we're not on 19. No, we're not on 19. No, we're on 23. So things are looking grim. Remember where we left um, Kaz and Wyland falling through? Yeah, it's kind of hard sometimes. To, yeah, because we've gone through a few things. So they fell through the ceiling onto the dining table, and they left in a big flurry of craziness. Yeah, and got on that boat. Yes. So things are looking mm. grim, and Wyland's thoughts are with his mother, how he has to stay alive to help her. Aww. They are headed to another safe house, but as Kaz had put it, there is nowhere safe. He's yeah. worried about being caught because as Wylan, he would have had more rights than, I mean, even if like his dad hated him, he still had more rights as Wylan Van Eck, um, but he currently looks like a shoe criminal. So he'd probably end up in Hellgate because what is he going to do? Hey, guys, I'm Wylan. <laughs> yeah. I swear. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's, I keep forgetting that sometimes. Yeah, I do too. He's hoping, of course, to see Jesper when they get to their destination, which makes him think about the first time he saw Jesper, Aww. which then makes him think about when he was all alone in the barrel. Memories. Remember, he was attacked, almost killed. He jumped out the boat. Yes. Yes. So um, as when he got to the barrel, he's all by himself. He found a fairly cheap boarding house and found himself wishing for all of his comforts. He wanted some tea. He pulled out the thick envelope that his father had given him that was supposed to be like enrollment papers for that music school. Um, But he saw that all the pages were blank. His father hadn't even tried to write anything down because he figured that Wyland just wouldn't try to read them. Yeah. (laughs) It's depressing. Um, When he knew that he was going to run out of money, he went looking for a job and ended up mixing dyes and cleaning vats. Apparently, it's a really dangerous uh, thing with all the chemicals and everybody's all sickly around him and he knows he's not going to live very long. Um, One day, he heard the dye chief complaining about evaporation. So he spoke up and suggested that they add seawater to the tank. So the dyes will have to get hotter to boil and they'd lose less to evaporation. The chief did it. He liked it and started coming to Wyland for more help. Bueno. Yeah. So as Wylan was wondering if he could ask for a raise since he's being so helpful, this tall, lanky, handsome boy comes in dressed in a lime plaid waistcoat and yellow trousers. Love it. 
what the actual heck? Um, oh. And he asked if Wylan knew his way around a chemistry set. Of course he does. So the boy, we know it's Jesper, tells him that he'll pick him up at six bells. Is a chemistry set like something that like, I guess I don't have one. Like, is that the, is that just like a set of like that you buy from like Toys R Us? I don't know how that exists in the barrel. But when we were younger, a chemistry set came in this massive box and it had all these different chemicals and the test tubes and right. like droppers. You could mix things together and be dangerous. Hmm. But I don't know how it exists in the barrel, like what a chemistry set is in the barrel. Well, yeah. It probably just got like, but still, it's interesting. I'm assuming it's like they're talking like scientists, like in a lab yes. chemistry set. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So Jesper shows up at Six Bells and takes him to Kaz and Inej. They told him they needed a flash bomb and maybe something bigger, and he said no. Oh. <laughs> He went back to his little boarding house and there he got the first letter from his father that night, which kind of enraged him. And he, I don't know, enraged him, like made him very confused. And it prompted him to go back to Cass the next day because he needed the money to keep away from his father. Yeah. And so he started building bombs for the dregs. The letters kept coming. Remember, we talked about those letters before, how they were kind of condescending because yeah. the end was always like, your most gracious father, I love you so much. Yeah. Um, so those letters that we talked about, those kept coming at that point. And he believed that Kaz could help him get revenge for what had happened to his mother. That thought brings him back to present day because Vanek is currently outmatching the dregs. See, Wylan, I... I associate myself so much with him just because, I mean, he even has the thought patterns I do. I go on like <laughs> these crazy tangents, as I said, and hit like just what he just thought about. Whew. Reminds me of me. Oh. Love it. <laughs> so sometime after midnight, they arrive at a super fancy hotel, the Geldrenner, and knocked on a door 15 stories up. Calm answers, and the rest of the crows are inside. It's a huge hug fest, Aww. and Wyland gets teary-eyed as he realizes how much they all mean to him. Crows hugging. Oh. Cute. Jesper asks what happened to Inej, and that spawns all kind of catch-up time in which Inej brings up that Nina can raise the dead. Oh, yeah. by the <laughs> way, this happened. <laughs> it seems like her power has changed as she was able to manipulate the bones and the dust at the lake house was most likely human remains. Yeah, because, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, people uh, that are cremated, I'm guessing. Or just, yeah. Buried and rotted. Yeah. Let's not go there. Um, so, That's so disgusting. <laughs> I know. So Inej says, and I just love this quote, Perem took you to the brink of death. Maybe you brought back something with it. That yeah. See, that's just so interesting. It is. And Nina says, Well, that's a crappy souvenir. <laughs> uh, yeah, who gave me this t shirt? She, she can't be serious like ever. So Speck comes in and talks quietly with Kaz. Then suddenly Kaz is just like out the door. They follow him anyway, and uh, they're going up a staircase to a clock tower, and they it's it just like looks out over everything. They can see smoke rising from Black Veil. The boats surrounding Van Eck's house and all the harbors are full of Stodwatch. They also start seeing all this purple everywhere all of a sudden. 
it they can't figure out what it is is it a parade is like what is going on they say it actually looks like a virus of just purple like taking over the city weird and as the purple gets closer they see that every single gang including the dregs yes have that- been deputized as stodwatch that's heartbreaking it is so that means that the only criminals in the entire place are the crows. Are them. Yeah. All of the gangs are now on the right side of the law. So <sighs> Kaz kind of gives up at this point, which is odd. And he's just like, I give up. Let me just go. They'd have to give me a fair trial and I can pick my way out of any cell. And they all try to talk him out of it. And that brings us to our scene. And if you boys and girls remember from our interview, this is uh, Lee Bardugo's favorite scene that she's ever written. Oh. So we have to do it. Of course. It would be silly not to. Okay. So in this one, mm-hmm. Eric is playing Jesper and I'm hey. playing Kaz. Ooh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, okay, well, let's do this. So real quickly, also special thanks to Kendra and produced by year 26, the background music. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So curtain up. (laughs) This is ridiculous, said Jesper. You're not taking the fall for us. No one is. We'll split up. We'll go in pairs. Find a way past the blockades. Hide out somewhere in the countryside. This is my city, said Kaz. I'm not leaving it with my tail between my legs. Jesper released a growl of frustration. If this is your city, what's left of it? You gave up your shares in the Crow Club and Fifth Harbor. You don't have a gang anymore. Even if you did escape, Van Eck and... Rollins would stick the Stodwatch and half the barrel on you again. You can't fight them all. Watch me. Damn it, Kaz. What are you always telling me? Walk away from a losing hand. I'm giving you a way out. Take it. Why are you treating us like a bunch of yellow-bellied skivs? Kaz turned on him. You're the one getting ready to bolt, Jesper. You just want me to run with you so you don't have to feel so bad about it. For all your love of a fight... You're always the first to talk about running for cover. Because I want to stay alive. For what? Kaz said, his eyes glittering. So you can play another hand at the tables? So you can find another way to disappoint your father and let down your friends? Have you told your father you're the reason he's going to lose his farm? Have you told Inez you're the reason she almost died at the end of Omen's Knife? That we all almost died? Jesper's shoulders bunched, but he didn't back down. I made a mistake. I let my bad get the best of my good but for saint's sake kaz how long are you going to make me pay for a little forgiveness what do you think my forgiveness looks like jordy who the hell is jordy for the briefest moment kaz's face went slack a confused almost frightened look in his dark eyes there and gone so fast wyland wondered if he'd imagined it 
What do you want from me? Kaz snarled, his expression just as closed, just as cruel as ever. My trust? You had it and you shot it to pieces because you couldn't keep your mouth shut. One time. How many times have I had your back in a fight? How many times have I gotten it right? Doesn't that count for anything? Jesper threw up his hands. I can't win with you. No one can. That's right. You can't win. You think you're a gambler, but you're just a born loser. Fights, cards, boys, girls, you'll keep playing until you lose. So for once in your life, just walk away. Jesper swung first. Kaz dodged right, and then they were grappling. They slammed into the walls, knocked heads, drew apart in a flurry of punches and grabs. Wyland turned to Inej, expecting her to object for for Matthias to separate them, for someone to do something. But the others just backed up, making room. Only Kuei showed any kind of distress. Jesper and Kaz swung around, crashed into the mechanism of the clock, righted themselves. It wasn't a fight. It was a brawl. Graceless, a tangle of elbows and fists. End scene. So much emotion. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> it's kind of, yes. but it was, it was, I love the way it was written. It was yes. just like. And it was needed. Yeah. You knew they were going to come to a head at some point. Exactly. There yep. was so much frustration. But we had to do it because out of everything she's written, this is the one that she brought up in our interview. So yeah. we had to do it. And then some stuff that we haven't read yet. Ooh. Didn't she say that along with that? She's like, and then also like there's some scenes. In the and, new. Yeah. yeah. But she mm-hmm. won't tell us a no. dang thing. But of course we <laughs> of didn't. Of course not. Yeah. So they're both bleeding and ripping each other's clothes off when Calm like Ooh. barges in. <laughs> And says, Jesper Llewellyn Faye. <laughs> Aww. That is enough. I want you down in here before I count to ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, the second Colm backs down, everyone snickers and laughs. Yeah, that's And a- they're like, <laughs> Llewellyn. <laughs> what a great way to break up a fight. <laughs> but then they all stop because they realize Kaz has scheming face again. Mm. So this brings me to a quote which will lead us to the end of the chapter okay yes i know how to do it kaz said slowly how to get kawaii out get the grisha out get our money beat van eck and give that son of a bee pekka rollins everything he has coming to him nina raised a brow is that all how asked inej this whole time we've been playing van eck's game we've been hiding we're done with that We're going to stage a little auction, right out in the open. He turned to face them. His eyes gleamed flat and black as a shark's. And since Kuwait is so eager to sacrifice himself, he's going to be the prize. End quote. End of chapter. End of part four. Wow. I'm I'm glad we got to like this. It was neat to see that the crows like really like were getting like beat up. Like, I mean, just everything was they they were losing. Yes. And it was weird for us to see that. But now I think we're about to go into like the crescendo of like, I don't know, another plan. Yeah. A plan that's going to work. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think it's smart, like, because he's right. They've been playing like everybody else's game. But yeah. I don't, it's going to be neat to see. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So, anyways, awesome. So it is none other. Then that special time for 
podcast news. That was special. I know. We're just going to, like, <laughs> it's fun that we both are just having fun with it. So of course. Who, who knows what you'll hear. Um, so we actually have some. Shad- the Shadow and Bone Netflix series will actually have a debut this year at Comic-Con in October. Lee and Eric, the director of the show, will share more news about the upcoming show together um, in a panel Panels will be shown October 8th through 11th. That's the entire, like, I mean, Comic-Con on NYCC YouTube channel. Hopefully we will get a release date, I'm hoping. But um, I don't know if they're going to announce, like, what day and what time their panel is going to be or if we're just going to have to watch the entire thing to figure that out. I hope not. Um, <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. So that brings me to my next thing, which I listened to the entire thing of. Um Ben Barnes was on another podcast. Um, it's um, called Take the Black Podcast. And he, they like announced it and the headline was like, Ben Barnes shares about shadow and bone. And I listened to this like almost hour podcast and they speak about it for two minutes at the <laughs> end. Very end. Well, it sounded juicy. It did, but, like, I was also, like, how is Ben able to share stuff that other people can't? Mm-hmm. So I did get a little bit from it, though. So Ben does say that he plays General Kerrigan, but if you know the books, then he is the character of the Darkling. The way he stated that, like, it just, to me, I, I've i always thought they would, like, say the Darkling every once in a while, but it seems like they've just changed his name for the show. But Yeah, I think I read that, too. Yeah, so... I don't know, a little snippet of something. And then you're going to love this description that he gives about it because you'll just see. (laughs) He says, it's like Harry Potter with the different groups and colors, then a quest element like Lord of the Rings, but then this Anna Karenina Russian, but then the Six of Crows has this heist vibe like Peaky Blinders. Called it. Yeah, Terry has been telling me (laughs) For weeks, I have not started it yet. I'm sorry. Um, if you like Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, you have to watch Peaky Blinders. If you think about these books while you're watching Peaky Blinders, it's almost like watching The Crows at Work. See, that's awesome. It's amazing. Like, you don't get the other, you don't get Grisha, you don't get Fjordans well, and right. things like that, but it's like Life in the Barrel, like 100%. And I could see that main character playing Kaz it is yes he plays a very good Kaz I mean he doesn't even know he is no he has no idea but he's playing a very good Kaz he's very um manipulative unemotional um everything is a heist everything is a plan and he's always got a plan and it's amazing see that's what's exciting about our show the show coming out is the person that is playing Kaz he was in like I got to see him in some kind of video for a minute and like even just the way he was, like, not acting, his demeanor, and, like, he just had screamed Kaz to me. I was like, he's going to do really well. Um, sorry, I can't remember his name. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, so that's all we got. But I did want to remind everybody that um, I know it's early. Lee Bardugo's birthday is not till April, but we are starting to get some entries in. For the Severed Moon Journal for Lee Bardugo's gift from us. 
and you guys as fans. Um, I've even had some people email me and ask for topics if because they don't have the book. And yeah, it's going to be really cool. We've got some more time, but if you do start sending, if you get an entry done, and or if you want a topic, just email me at eric at grishacast.com. And once we start getting those in, I think we might even like share a couple if we get permission mm-hmm. from you guys who wrote it. Um, just to be able to read some of the stuff on air would be cool. So that brings us to our listener thank yous, which we actually have some. Yay! Yay! Okay, so how about you do the Facebook one? Okay, so Facebook, thank you so much for shouting us out and having some combos with it, woo, with woo. us. Uh, we thank you to Roxanne Noir and to Diane Freeze. Thank you Mwah. so much. Thank we you love so you. Much. And then we've got people from Instagram. Sam at The Tease, and then we have Vivian at Book Love 13, love is spelled L-U-V, and then Melissa at Bad underscore Boy with an I. Ooh. Yeah. Sassy. Thank you guys so much. Thank it you. means so much when you guys respond and talk to us, and yeah, we are just, we're rocking. We really we are. are. Rocking and, and rolling. And we are going to have an upcoming, it is almost our anniversary, our one year anniversary for Grisha Cast. It's almost been a whole year. Yes. So we are going to have a special episode. It's going to be next month. I think, I believe the Friday it comes out is October 9th. Um, So anyways, um, just stay tuned. We're not going to do our normal thing. We're going to be having a fun time talking and doing some stuff for you guys that you like about the Grishaverse. So, anyways, our next week's chapters will be covering 24 and 25. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just making sure because last week I was like, oh, that was so funny. We were... Not prepared in the beginning uh, with the cities. And then when we got to that, I was like, talk, Terry, do something. Say anything. And I just, Lord, we must have talked a lot before and then just sat down and started the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then like, I think that we just like slammed into it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we just sat down and went. And that's what we got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily now. We've got a really funny list. I, I don't know. I listened to it this week and it was really kind of funny. Um, a scrambling around. Yeah. Yeah. But I I hope you guys like our authentic- authenticity. <laughs> because uh-huh. we are authentic. Definitely. <laughs> um, anyways. But we're professional. So professional. Okay. Well... We will see you guys next week. Have a lovely Shana Toba. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah. So we'll see you guys later. Bye. Like we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. It was. No, no mourners. No funerals. This has been Grisha Cast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, YouTube at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaCast, and Facebook at GrishaCast. A special thank you for our background music created by Kendra Dantes and produced by Year 26.